Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, we're going to begin a study that will take us through the next three months, an in-depth study of one of the great chapters of the Bible. Some have called it the grandest chapter about faith in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. We will do so under the general theme, by faith. And as we walk through the examples of the Old Testament believers that we are given, it really becomes a tour of, of sorts. God allows the writer to the Hebrews to take us on a tour of God's own hall of faith. Have you ever been to a hall of fame? If you have, you know that they share a lot of similarities. This past winter, when things were still open, I had a chance to go to a couple of Hall of Fames, the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville and the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame. It's interesting to walk through one of those halls, isn't it? You get to see memorabilia, some relics that stir up memories of the past. There's videos and, and print stories that remind you of, of great moments in the history of whatever it is that you're walk the hall that you're walking through. And yet in those halls, there is one feature that generally links them all together as similar. They usually have plaques, plaques that are dedicated to those who have been elected to those halls of fame and are now enshrined in those hall of fames. If you've read some of those plaques, you know that they contain biographical information about the individual and then some of their accomplishments. As we read through Hebrews chapter 11, as you review these truths that God has for us from his Old Testament believers, it becomes sort of a hall of faith. And we'll see the plaques of these Old Testament believers as the writer to the Hebrews celebrates what God's gift of faith meant to each one of these believers. Today, as we get started, the writer to the Hebrews wants us to see what faith is all about. And so he gives us what we might say is the definition of faith. And that will be the basis of our sermon today. The first couple of verses, the introduction to this hall of faith and the tour that we're going to be taken on. And as we look at this definition of faith, we'll see that it really gives two ideas to us. First of all, that it is an unseen certainty. That's what faith embraces, an unseen certainty. And then it is by that faith that we are approved by God. Here's our text today, Hebrews chapter 1 verses, or 11, verses 1 and 2. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. I suppose we could make, uh, have a debate and, and make a point about whether we could call this a, should call this a definition of faith or a description of faith. But in the end, it doesn't really matter, does it? It's a beautiful picture of what faith is and what faith does. Let's start with the word confidence. Faith is confidence. Confidence in what we hope for. That original word in the Greek language and the Greek text is a word that has actually been brought into our English language. In Greek, it's pronounced hypostasis, and it is the meaning, it has the meaning to hold up under. Today, I suppose people would say it is the reality or substance of something. It's what makes it what it is. 
I suppose if we wanted a picture for faith using that definition, something that holds up under something else, maybe a good picture is the picture of a bridge. Have you ever considered the amount of faith that it takes to drive your car tons of metal across a bridge? You trust that the steel and the pillars and the concrete and everything that went to putting that bridge together will hold up under the weight of your car. Faith gives us that kind of confidence, the confidence that everything that God says, every promise that he makes, everything that we hope for will come true. It's the conviction to believe that what God has said will happen. To put it a little bit more bluntly, we could say that what faith really does is it brings the future to the present. Let me explain how that works. God has made promises, not just yesterday, not just today, but, but promises that will last forever. And those future promises are as good as done because God is faithful. And in that faithfulness, future promises really belong to us right now. The writer to the Hebrews in this first verse of Hebrews chapter 11 does a masterful job of making it both about the future and the present. He says that faith is confidence in what we hope for. That's the future, looking ahead to what God has promised us, a life beyond life in this world. But he also says it's the assurance of what we don't see. That's things that are in the here and now. I suppose we could say every mystery about God from the creation of the world all the way up to the present day. We don't understand everything that God does. We can't see all of God's blessings. And yet, our faith is not blind, is it? Faith really becomes our sight. It's through faith that we see and believe and are convinced of the truths that God has given us in the Bible. Some have said that really faith becomes like a sixth sense. Think about how reliant we are on our senses. If, if I can see it, if I can hear it, if I can smell it, if I can touch it, if I can taste it. Well, faith takes it even one step further. I don't need any of those five senses. And yet through faith, God gives me the conviction to believe and trust his promises. I'm going to guess that most of you at some point in your life have played the game of Monopoly. If you haven't played for a while, let, re let me remind you that there is a space on the board that you really want to avoid, if at all possible. You know the space that I'm talking about. The space that sends you to jail. Because when you go to jail, you're stuck there unless you roll doubles for at least three turns. During that time, other people are buying properties and getting ahead in the game while you have to wait your turn. But do you remember in the game of Monopoly, there are these special cards, the yellow and orange cards in the standard Monopoly board, community chest and chance cards. And in those decks, there is one card that says you can get out of jail free. Think of how that works. If you're not in jail right then, you can use that later on. If you happen to end up in jail, you can simply pull out your get out of jail free card and move out of jail. I guess there is a similarity there to the blessings that God has for us that, that lie in the future. Because God has promised them, 
They're as good as done. We already have them right now. It's why Jesus could say in John 3 that whoever believes in him has eternal life. It's a blessing that we enjoy right now, but a blessing that we will experience in full when Jesus takes us home to be with him. The Apostle Paul described the confidence that we can have, the confidence that faith gives us in these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He said this, Therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. Faith embraces things that we can't see, makes us certain of those things as a gift from God. I suppose the writer to the Hebrews could have spent a lot more time describing how we get faith, that the Holy Spirit is the one who works that faith in our hearts. He could have described the basis of faith, the living and enduring word of God. But God the Holy Spirit caused the writer to the Hebrews to take a little different route. Instead of explaining those things to us, he simply presents us with case studies. Case studies of the ancients, as he calls them. The forefathers, the Old Testament believers is who he's talking about. The writer to the Hebrews gives us examples of what faith did, what faith in action looks like. It's interesting, as we walk through these in the weeks to come, it's interesting to note how many of these believers struggled in their faithfulness at times. That their actions didn't always line up with what their faith believed. What an important reminder to you and me that God's declaration, God's approval of you, God's approval of me is not dependent on what we do, but what we believe and the faith that God has given us in his son, Jesus. This is what the ancients were commended for, the writer to the Hebrews said. It was a declaration from God that they were not guilty. Again, not based on things they had done, that they had lived perfect lives, but on the basis of their trust in God's promises. Isn't it beautiful that nothing has changed? That God s still does the same thing today? We read the passage earlier where the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians that it is by grace that we are saved through faith and this not of ourselves. Oh, it's true that we don't see all of God's work. We can't see the resurrected Jesus. We can't see the Holy Spirit bringing those blessings through the word. We can't see God present in our world today. And yet it is faith, the faith that God has given us that blesses us with the conviction, with eyes to see those blessings even when our physical eyes can't. It's that faith that carries us, carries us through the ups and downs of life, we know that we're going to face struggles. We know the doubts and the worries that, that creep into our lives. Maybe during the last couple of months, you found days where your faith faltered a little bit, where your faith felt fragile because of all of the things that were going on in this world. God doesn't make a secret to you and me how to hold on to those promises, how to strengthen our faith in him. It comes through a connection with him, in his word, through the promises that God has given us. When we are connected to Jesus, the one who lived for us, the one who died for our sins, the one who was raised to life and promises that we too will be raised with him, that's what gives us the faith to stand up even during the difficulties of life. Today is Pentecost. And on Pentecost Day, maybe it's a good time to think about a New Testament case study. Yes, the writer to the Hebrews spends his time talking about Old Testament believers. 
But the disciples would be a good New Testament case study, wouldn't they? Think about how their faith changed. Just weeks earlier from this Pentecost day, they had been hiding, hiding in an upper room, afraid of the Jewish leaders, afraid that they might also be put to death as Jesus was. And here on Pentecost day, they're out in large groups of people, filled with certainty about Jesus and all of his promises. Their hope was in the promises that Jesus has made, had made to them, and he, they, he, they served as his witnesses, speaking in all the different languages to the crowds that had gathered in Jerusalem. Maybe a simple question to ask ourselves is, how did they do this? Where did this all come from? And our first lesson today explained, didn't it? As well as Jesus' promise in the Old Testament, or in, the, in our New Testament reading, our Gospel reading, it's all about the Holy Spirit. This is the promise that Jesus had made, that the Holy Spirit would come on them, that a gift from God would be the thing that changed their hearts and their minds. The same is true for us. It's the Holy Spirit who has convinced us of the truth about Jesus so that we know who we are and where we are going. It is that gift of God, faith, which gives God's approval to us as God declares us not guilty. Your faith and mine is being sure of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Some takeaways from our first sermon in this By Faith series. Number one, our faith in Jesus provides certainty even in the uncertainties of life. It is difficult, isn't it? Not knowing what the future holds, being worried about what tomorrow might bring until we remember who holds tomorrow in his hands. Jesus himself, who reminds us, do not worry because he's the one who has everything under his control. Secondly, faith brings the future to the present because God always does what he says. It's amazing, isn't it? That because God is faithful to his promises, everything he says to us, we know is the truth. We know that there is no doubt because Jesus tells us who we are, his own dear children, and where we are going to a life with him in heaven. Finally, number three, God's approval provides us reason to live each day with joy. Yes, we rejoice that God has given us the conviction, the faith to believe even things unseen, and that our faith is our eyes to trust God's promises. Maybe some of you recognize the picture on the screen because you've been to Spring Green, Wisconsin and seen the house on the rock. It's a fascinating visit to many. The architecture is something truly amazing to behold. Others have told me it really is more like a tourist trap, but whatever you think about the house on the rock, it may stand for a while because of that very reason. Built into deer shelter rock, it has a solid foundation. That's what God's word is for our faith, that solid foundation. Jesus himself said it this way in Matthew chapter 7, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When the rains come, the storms of life come, it's that foundation, the solid foundation on Jesus and his promises that helps us stand. Jesus encourages us to build on that rock. Faith in Jesus builds on the rock of our salvation and leads us to the place where God wants to celebrate with us for an eternity, our life with him in heaven. Amen.
peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.